But when I hear these things, I'm like, oh my goodness, someone understands what I went through. So felt safety is a term that's used in context of trauma-informed care. And it really describes the subjective experience of safety of a child. So it's not about doors being locked or feeling safe. Now all that plays into it as well, but it goes beyond the physical safety and it really goes into the emotional safety and psychological safety of a child. So when a child feels safe, they're able to regulate their emotions. When they don't feel safe, they can't. Welcome to the Society's Child Podcast, where we have real conversations about being a trauma-responsive educator in the midst of a significant mental health crisis. Hi, I'm Trish Senzak, a former educator, compassion advocate, and Jesus lover, and I'm so grateful that you're here. Are you feeling confuzzled about your students' behavior and needs? You're not alone. If trauma-informed strategies leave you wondering, what's next? Don't worry. My friend, I've been there too. As a foster mom and a child of complex trauma mixed with my experience as a teacher, it's led me to finding a compassionate, whole child approach that's evidence-based, practical, and transformational, and I'm so eager to share it with you. Whether you want to connect with your students on a deeper level, create a trauma-sensitive environment, or you just need a little bit of encouragement or support, you're in the right place. So grab a drink, a pen, or your earbuds, and let's work together to create a safe and student-attuned, trauma-responsive school culture. Society's children need you. So let's get started. Hi, my friends. I want to share a story with you today that is really personal to me, and it comes from a time when I was about fourth grade, and to give you a little background, I had an upheaval in my family. There was some abuse going on and someone um, reported it. And then we were removed from our home. And I had lived with a foster family for probably about six to nine months and then was moved into a group home. Well, in that transition, I went to a brand new school And it was super hard for me as a kid moving schools and being uncertain. Number one, I had been removed from my family. I didn't know where they were. I wasn't allowed to talk to them. There was a lot of abuse that had happened prior to that that was already disrupting my world and dysregulating me. And then I lived with a new family that was very kind in many ways and they were very structured. They had no other kids. I was the center of their world, but then my brother had lived with us for a little while and they couldn't, quote, handle him. So he had moved from home to home to home. At this point, they had decided that both of us probably needed to go to the group home. And so they approached me and asked if I wanted to go with my brother. And for some reason, I chose yes, that I wanted to. So in this instance, we were going into a brand new school, had already had a new family and my brother had had several families and now we're going into a group home where there are people that take care of us and lots and lots of other kids and now we're in yet a third school. So this was all in the time of less than a year. Rightly so, my central nervous system was a wreck. Looking back on it now, I was overwhelmed. I came across as shy. I cried a lot. I had a difficult time expressing my emotions. 
I didn't know what I wanted. I was probably about nine, I think I was nine years old when all this was going on. So I go into this brand new school and I, for lack of a better word, I'm freaking scared. I didn't know anybody. And it was during this time I had an instructor, a teacher, for somehow we connected. And I don't know that I don't know how this happened except that it was God. But I can tell you what she did for me settled my nerves so well, helped me to adjust into my situation. And the only thing I can relate in looking back on this situation was she did her best to create felt safety for me. So I want to introduce this term to you and I'm going to explain it and kind of skim it because I'm learning about this stuff and it's fascinating to me because it has a lot to do with neuroscience. But when I hear these things, I'm like, oh my goodness, someone understands what I went through. So felt safety is a term that's used in context of trauma-informed care. And it really describes the subjective experience of safety of a child. So it's not about doors being locked or feeling safe. Now all that plays into it as well, but it goes beyond the physical safety and it really goes into the emotional safety and psychological safety of a child. So when a child feels safe, they're able to regulate their emotions. When they don't feel safe, they can't. So I had times when I moved into this new home where I was so angry, I couldn't, I really couldn't express myself. So I was swiping things off of dressers. I was having these bursts of anger. I was getting myself in trouble over attitude issues that because I couldn't speak. I didn't know I could speak. I couldn't, I, I was having a hard time expressing what was really going on inside of me. I didn't trust anybody around me. I, it was hard to engage in any activities because I didn't know who was going to hurt me, who was on my side, who was really looking out for me. And so for us as educators, if we can keep this kind of stuff in mind and we can create an environment that really promotes felt safety, it's really essential for supporting that healing and recovery of all of these children who have experienced trauma. And this one particular teacher did this for me. Dr. Stephen Porges developed the polyvagal theory. And this is, it really explores the role of the autonomic nervous system, like what's already inside of us that helps us kind of decide if we're safe. And what Porges did was he emphasized the importance that we need to feel safe in relationships so that we can promote this physiological and psychological well-being. So it's really a subjective experience. It's really kind of in our central nervous system. Basically what he said is we as individuals, humans, will assess four times every second inside of our body. So any body memory, cellular memory, fears, sensations, anything going on in there. So it could be a smell that reminds us of something. It could be, it could be anything that comes up and sends a signal to our brain that could flood us. We're also looking at the environment outside. If it's an unfamiliar environment, does it feel scary? Are there a lot of people? Are things, are, are there, if the kids are going, you know, when that day when I was in school, kids are looking at me. I'm the new kid in class. I didn't, I came in in like October. So the class was already settled. I was the new kid on the block. I was so upset and overwhelmed in my own world that being in that moment was very difficult to assess the outside situation because it was very unfamiliar to me. And then our brains not only go inside and outside, but it looks in the relationship. So I had no relationship with anybody in that classroom. 
no students. I didn't know anybody. Nothing felt familiar to me. The teacher I did not know. I was brought into the class as here's a new student. I sat down with all of this history of things that had just gone on with me. And all of a sudden I'm plopped down into this situation. So I want to share this with you because for no matter what our kids are going through, it could be moving, it could be trauma, it could be anything encompassing our brain. It could be um, a rough voice. It could be anything that is a cue to us. Our brains are looking inside for that memory, outside in the, in the environment, and in relationship four times every second to make a sense of whether we are safe in that moment. So I really want to encourage you to have patience. Again, here's the fruit of the spirit that we talked about in our Monday Mindset Matters. Really, it's hard for our kids to adjust to unfamiliar surroundings and faces while we're taking in all the emotions in our body and things going on. The way I like to describe it for me, it's like this big balloon that takes up every ounce of my energy and space inside of my body. And when that is big and blown up, I'm unable to think about anything else. And that's why our kids have a difficult time learning. When they're navigating through all of this, and they're trying to go through it and make sense of their surroundings and find moments in, you know, of ways to get settled, our central nervous system is out of whack. And so no wonder I was pushing things off of dressers. My anger was at, at its end because I was about to bust. Until we get to that place as students where we can rest and we can regulate with someone. They say that students need three things or kids need three things in general to do well. They need connection, they need co-regulation, and they need felt safety. Felt safety is what I'm talking about today. So going into that classroom was very difficult for me because of my surroundings and because of everything I'd been through. But I had an educator who made it her goal to connect with me somehow, hold that space for me, check in on me, make sure I was doing okay. I hardly have any memories of it, but I remember that there's something about that teacher that made me adjust well. And I don't know if I connected to her. I don't know what she did, but certainly her demeanor, her ability to connect with me, her ability to work on making me feel safe really helped me in this situation. So this is where I want to encourage you as educators to think about three things when you're trying to create felt safety for your students. Number one, it's about creating that trust. Somehow try to find a way to build an authentic relationship with them that is supportive or showing some sort of empathy or active listening, extra respect, eye contact, whatever it is, just so that the student knows that they feel understood and valued by you. Because they're more likely to feel safe with you if you're express and, and express themselves, if you're being able to connect with them in some way, find that bridge. So that's number one. Number two, I want to encourage you to promote and work on predictability and consistency in your class, because kids are from trauma already come from uncertainty. They come from things that are so chaotic and out of control for them. And for them, the need to control for those of us who've been through trauma, we have to have the ability to know that something is in order. And if you can create structured and predictable environments, little bit like take away the clutter, 
Make sure there's clear expectations. Make sure that there's consistency. The same thing is going to happen every day. If your classroom feels like a chaotic war zone, those kids are most likely going to have a hard time coming in there and feeling settled, secure, and knowing what to expect. And their anxiety is going to be up. So work on that so that you can help bring some of that anxiety and uncertainty down. And then the last thing I want to share with you and encourage you to do is provide emotional support and validation. Recognize and validate where they are and their emotions. I know you might be scared right now. This isn't a side conversation. Offer a safe place, you know, if they need to take a break or they need to express themselves or ask them to write you a note so that there's no judgment around anything that they're doing. Ask them, you know, find a way to express to you what they're feeling or doing. Really, it's about that open communication so that you're providing resources for them so that they can cope with their stress and cope with their trauma. And if it's not you and you're not comfortable doing that, connect them with someone who can because it is so important. Just you seeing that they need something, you seeing that there's a, a that they need to be connected with some support or a safe place, you're the bridge to that safety and they're going to be more apt to come back to you and to feel safe and secure with you. These are the kinds of things we talk about with felt safety. Felt safety in the classroom is so important because many times our kids are coming from such traumatic situations that these things are super important to them. It can really impact their sense of felt safety and trust and well-being. So if you're if you're really working on these trusting relationships, kids from trauma they may struggle getting past that trust, but if they know that you're the person that's there for them, that you're the one that's trying to build that relationship, it might help them restore their faith in others just a little bit more. And that's super important. And then they can explore that and their defenses go down. They get less in protective mode. They come down a little bit, get more regulated, and then they're able to, their learning and their success picks up. If you're making sure that you're promoting consistency and predictability in your classroom, remember that these kids, that sense of irregularity, that sense of out of control, that chaotic environment, knowing that they're going to be routines and consistency in your class, basically it helps reduce their anxiety and helps them feel more secure. And then of course, with the providing emotional support, you can basically leave kids feeling less overwhelmed whether it's with you in that co-regulation or you providing the bridge to someone that does feel safe for them. Because maybe you don't have time in your classroom to connect like that, but you see them and you make eye contact with them and you take them for just a moment and say, hey, I noticed something going on. Uh, would you like to talk about it? Or would you like me to may help you make an appointment with someone who can help you? If, it helps them feel validated. It helps them feel seen. Someone noticed. And they may not accept it. They may not welcome it. They may not understand that you're there to help, but I can guarantee you that they're going to remember that. They're going to remember that little touch and come back to you one day and say, in my darkest moment, you were a light. So there, my friends, that's what it's all about. It's we need to be the light for these kids who live in a dark world. And I truly believe that the trauma-informed movement is also about being human-informed. Because sometimes we as educators also come into this classroom and we're expected to just be on and not be triggered and to be calm and to be regulated and to be 
100% ready to teach, but we walk in with our stress. We walk in with our anxiety and our disconnection and our life too. And we're supposed to leave it at the door. But my friends, this is where my Monday mindset matter tips. I would encourage you to go back and listen to those because sometimes those Monday mindset matters are just a little bit of encouragement that you might need this week to help you start regulating you. You also need to have that sense of felt safety. If you're not safe in your classroom and one of your students is giving you a hard time and there's, there's work to do to figure out the dynamics of that. When you feel unsupported by an administrator and you feel like you're not getting anywhere, that can create a sense of not having felt safety for you. And so I really want to encourage you to work on the things that it needs to take and get yourself, get your students, get everybody with that sense of felt safety. That's super important. And so it's about human being human informed and about being trauma informed, because I believe that we have to understand that, yes, trauma, these kids come to our classes and they have a harder time learning. But if we as educators are stepping into this and we're not taking care of our own stuff and we're not being regulated or we don't have felt safety, we're going to be triggered. We're going to have our own situations come to this and we're going to have our own reactions and we're going to be reactive instead of responsive. And so this is where I want to encourage you, my friends, really to do your own work. I have written... 75 affirmations based on 25 scriptures. And I would love to offer that to you because ultimately the only way to healing is to go through God and ask him to show you where you can work on you. And these affirmations will help bring peace to your life. And of course we find peace and understanding that surpasses all understanding by being in his word. So if you're interested in those, I'll leave the link in the show notes, but you can go to trishz.com forward slash Bible dash AFS, A-F-F-S for short for affirmations. And I would love to offer that to you and help you through this process. My friends, I have a group for teachers and educators and anybody working with children. Society's children need you. Come into the group. Have these conversations in the group and let's talk about how we can up level and be our best in the classroom by becoming trauma responsive. There you have it, my friends. I hope that helps you. And I hope most importantly, that blesses you. Until next time, my friend, stay grounded, stay regulated and stay prayed up. Hey, amazing educators. Thanks for tuning in. If you found this episode helpful, I'd love for you to hit subscribe and leave a review. Even better, share this episode with a colleague. And hey, I'd love to connect with you on social media. You can even join my Facebook group for some extra support and a dash of inspiration. I've left all the links in the show notes. Until next time, my friend, remember, you're not alone on this journey. You've got this. Keep making a difference and stay teach-tastic.